0: So this morning I want to continue our series of messages that we began last week for um, for this month, and I've entitled this series "The Trouble with Christmas." The trouble with Christmas. And brother Yanni, I'm going to ask you if you could take me down a little bit because I'm I'm ringing up here. Appreciate that. Um, and so and we saw the little the little um. Clip there to introduce our our series last week with Charlie Brown. He was always having trouble with Christmas. Right. Right. Um, And so but this morning, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter one. And I want to speak to us about an inconvenient Christmas. Last week, we talked about Christmas in the midst of trouble. Today, we're going to talk about an inconvenient Christmas. And I'm reading from Matthew chapter one, beginning at verse 18. Maybe a familiar passage to many of us um, as we come to this Christmas season. But the Bible says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. know, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And so, Lord, we come to you today, and we pray that you would Bless your word to us, that you would speak to us through it, that you would even challenge us today in our faith and and God, that that we would just um, know your will for us in a better way today. And, and so we thank you today. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. And so, again, I want to speak to us this morning about an inconvenient Christmas. You know, last week, as we began our series, um, we talked about how it is that we all seem to be seeking after that perfect Christmas. You know, the warmth of the fire fireplace. The little kids excited about opening their presents. The family gathered around a table. Candlelight Christmas Eve service followed by, by a walk home or even a sleigh ride home in the midst of a gentle snow. You know what I discovered? I, I discovered this week. You, some of you remember the old Yuletide log that would be on, I guess, PIX, you know, the network there for us in the area, Channel 11. I found it. you can have your own Yuletide log coming right off of YouTube. Did you know that? So if you don't have a fireplace, you can pretend you have one so you can create that perfect Christmas. Yet we all know that the reality of our Christmases can be very different from the kind of Christmas we have in our mind's eye. Our Christmases may be filled with loneliness, with disappointments, and even conflicts. Our Christmases may be held in the midst of pandemics, disasters, and even wars. Our Christmases may be filled with and surrounded by all kinds of trouble. And we saw that such was the case with the first Christmas, that Jesus was born into the midst of a world that was filled with all kinds of trouble, political oppression, social tensions. It was a time of great upheaval and conflict. Even his birth had to take place in a stable. You see, that first Christmas was no postcard picture Christmas. And yet in and through the troubles of the day, God ensured that his plan of redemption would move forward. Aren't you glad for that this morning? That thus in the midst of the trouble, Christmas came. Jesus was born, the Messiah, the Savior of mankind entered our world. The incarnation took place. And we were reminded last week that the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, no matter what trouble may enter our world or our lives. I trust that's an encouragement to you this morning. Amen. But how many of us know that Christmas is not always convenient? Because Christmas is Maybe not only fraud can not only be fraught with all kinds of trouble, but it can be filled with all kinds of inconveniences. I mean, think of it this morning, if you will, that at least for three to four weeks each year, our lives get put into high gear as we shop for gifts. We send out cards, we decorate our homes, we bake cookies and so forth, whatever it is you do in your home, your family. Other things in life often get put on hold because of Christmas. Just about all of our time, our money, our energy goes into Christmas. And I wonder how many of us are exhausted when Christmas is over, right? You don't have to raise your hand. But Christmas is not always convenient. And yet every year, convenient or not, Christmas comes. Sometimes turning our lives upside down, and yet as We'll see. And as I believe, in spite of all the inconvenience that Christmas brings, few of us would want to do away with it. And so I want us to see this morning that Jesus not only came in the midst of trouble, but his coming brought with it lots of inconvenience. For again, Jesus' birth was not not the calm, quiet, romantic event that we've made it out to be. His birth was not just about a silent, starry night. But the birth of Jesus, the coming of Jesus into our world, not only came in the midst of all kinds of trouble and difficulty, but we might say his coming brought about lots and lots of inconveniences for those into whose lives he stepped We might say that the coming of Jesus into our world brought about an inconvenient Christmas. Think about it this morning. Jesus' coming was really quite inconvenient for Joseph and for Mary, was it not? I mean, think of how Jesus' birth affected Joseph's and Mary's lives. Here was this precious Godly couple who were simply living their lives the best that they knew how life was pretty much status quo for them. Probably not great, but not all that eventful nor all that complicated kind of the way life is supposed to be. And then the birth of Jesus changes it all. His coming turns their lives upside down. I mean, I think about poor Mary. Here's this young virgin girl going about the daily stuff of a peasant girl's life as she awaits for her wedding day when she's interrupted by an angel with an announcement that will change her life forever. For God had chosen her to be the vessel through whom Messiah would come. And now listen, that would have been fine, I guess, if the plan was for Joseph and Mary to marry Maybe to have a baby through natural means and then for God to come along and anoint that child as the Messiah. Or I guess maybe it would have been fine if if the conception was supernatural, but that it would take place after the after the wedding day. But you see, this was a totally different kind of plan. But the, Listen, the angel said you will conceive and give birth to a son and you were to call him Jesus. OK, that's a bit terrifying, but not terrible. But then Mary asks about the timing and the process. You can't blame her, can you? And the angel answers, well, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. In other words, we're not going to wait for you to get married to Joseph. We're not going to wait for Joseph to be involved in the conceiving of this child. Now, listen, that was a bit inconvenient for Mary, wasn't it? That's a bit troubling. I mean, Mary's reputation, her whole life is being put on the line at that moment by conceiving and then giving birth to this baby. And yet, Mary, in all humility, if you know the story, she submits to God's call, saying, I am the Lord's servant. And then I think about Joseph, poor Joseph. I mean, his honor as a, as a man was now being put on the line. What was Joseph to do with, with the girl whom he was supposed to marry, but who is now pregnant with someone else's child? How disrespected he must have felt. How, how foolish. This, this had to have been a gut-wrenching time for Joseph. How could Mary have done this to him? And if it wasn't for the angel's intervention, as we just read, through a dream, Through a dream, Joseph would have quietly walked away, gone on to live his life, maybe have another woman as his wife. But as foolish as it looked to others and as inconvenient as it was at the time, Joseph took Mary home to be his wife. And thus began a difficult and troubling journey for Joseph and Mary. You see, this was just the beginning for in a short time, they would find themselves having to travel to Bethlehem in a stable, as we talked about giving birth in that stable to the baby Jesus and then having to flee for their lives from a a jealous king who wanted to kill all the baby boys in Bethlehem and then living their lives as refugees in Egypt. And then think of of Mary's life that she would go on to live even after Joseph was gone, for she would watch as her son rose to prominence through his teachings and his miracles, only to see him eventually rejected. She would endure a sorrow and pain that would pierce her soul as she watched Jesus, her firstborn, bleed from the beatings and walk up Calvary's hill under the weight of a cross and eventually die on that cross. You see, Christmas, the coming of Jesus, was not the most convenient thing that could have happened to Joseph and Mary. The coming of Jesus brought to them all kinds of challenges and complications, all kinds of inconveniences. If we go on in the story, if we go to Matthew chapter 2, we find that Jesus' coming was as well inconvenient for the religious and political leaders of his day. Matthew chapter 2 says this beginning at verse 1. That after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. Notice when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. With him, and eventually, if you go through the story, you find that Herod orders the killing of all the babies in Bethlehem under two years old. Jesus' coming was inconvenient for the religious and political leaders, for right from the start, his birth created a stir among the power people of his day. Herod immediately felt threatened when he heard of the birth of this baby who is potentially the Messiah of Israel, the king of the Jews. And thus, as I just said, he, he, he soon ordered the killing of all the baby boys in Bethlehem. But notice that Matthew writes that not only was Herod disturbed or that word can mean agitated or troubled or terrified, but he says so was all of Jerusalem with him. Now, that phrase most likely doesn't refer to the populace as a whole. Many people, you know, thousands of people wouldn't have known what was going on. But but rather it probably referred to those who were in the know. That is the political and religious leaders of the day. After all, listen, when Messiah showed up, they'd all be out of a job. Right. They'd all be out of a job. The coming of Jesus, you see, was highly inconvenient for the power brokers of the time. And of course, it didn't stop there at this moment. But throughout Jesus' life and ministry, he was constantly challenging the establishment. He went as far as to publicly call the religious leaders whitewashed tombs, blind guides, and hypocrites. Jesus' teaching were a threat to the religious teachings of the day. as He would say, well, you've heard it said, but I say to you. Highly inconvenient for those who wanted to prove themselves to be the holy ones of God. And although the Romans couldn't bother trying to figure out the validity of Jesus' teachings and his claims, they were concerned about what they called the peace of Rome. But they prided themselves on putting down all signs of rebellion and creating an empire that, that in, in which peace reigned, even if it was a superficial peace. And So in their eyes, Jesus was an inconvenience who had the potential to create a stir that would explode into a rebellion. And thus it's no wonder that Pilate finally gave in to the demands of the Jewish leaders to have Jesus crucified. You see, all of this to say that Jesus coming into our world was actually quite troubling for the political and religious establishments of his day. I'd say his coming would probably be very troubling to the people of power in our own world today. You see, these people would have been happy if he had never been born. They would have preferred if Christmas had never come For them, Jesus' coming was highly inconvenient. Finally this morning, I think about how inconvenient Jesus' coming was to those who did eventually follow him. Oh, I think of those first disciples who gave themselves to following Jesus and on on one love on one level, it may have been quite exciting to hear Jesus call and then decide to follow him. But think of the inconvenience it caused them as they as, as they had to get up and leave behind family and businesses and life as they knew it. I wonder how many others may have may, may have heard Jesus call. But 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 rather than getting up and following instead said, you know, now's not a very convenient time, Jesus. Could you come back another day, another time, another way? In fact, we know there were some. Think about the responses Jesus would have gotten when he said things like, well, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Or when Jesus said to the man, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. Mark writes that the guy he said that to, right, this is what he said. "At, at, At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. You see, he wanted to follow Jesus, but only if it was convenient, which it was not. To one man who said he wanted to follow Jesus, Jesus said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. To another who wanted to follow, but only after he buried his father, which who knows when that would have been, Jesus replied, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. He spoke about denying oneself and taking up a cross and laying down one's life. Jesus Jesus, that's not very convenient. You see, Jesus' call was anything but a call to a life filled with comfort and convenience. It was a call to leave everything behind, to become a servant to all, to be willing to lay down one's life, to walk a very hard road. And sure enough, those who followed him, people like Joseph and Mary, found themselves on a journey filled with all kinds of challenges, complications, and inconveniences. People like like Peter and James and John and others who followed him found that life with Jesus was no walk in the park. In fact, when Jesus showed up, he didn't make their lives easier. In many ways, he made life a whole lot more complicated. To follow Jesus could be quite inconvenient. See, the birth of Jesus again didn't create a, a perfect little nativity scene for us to put up on our or you know in our homes or to draw on our Christmas cards. Nor did his coming result in a trouble-free world, but rather his coming turned lives upside down, brought about all kinds of challenges, resulted in all kinds of inconveniences for those into whose lives he stepped. And yet we find that those who opened up their lives to him, found out that the benefits and blessings of his coming far outweighed any difficulty, complication, or inconvenience that he may have brought into their lives. I don't believe at all that Mary or Joseph ever regretted opening up their lives to Jesus. I don't believe that Peter, James, John, others who followed him, even political leaders and and, and religious leaders, because we read of some who opened up their lives to Jesus, ever regretted having him in their life. Listen, church, we live in a world and a culture that highly values comfort and convenience. We want things the way we want them and when we want them. We want stores, restaurants, and even churches to offer their services to us in ways that are convenient to us. We even have convenient marts, as we call them. We expect the convenience of getting into a car that starts every morning, a bus that shows up on time, a light switch that always turns on the lights. we, We expect the convenience of our favorite television show to be in what we call prime time or now to be available whenever we want it via some streaming channel. We like convenience. And thus we reject anything that is inconvenient. We get upset when things inconvenience us. But I want to tell us this morning that the coming of Jesus into our world wasn't about convenience. Not for him nor for anyone else. For one, think about it today. His his coming was the most inconvenient thing he could have done for himself. I mean, giving up the splendors of heaven, releasing his divinity to live on this earth as a man, laying down his life to be a servant even all the way to death on a cross. I mean, talk about inconvenience. Amen, church? Come on. And the fact is, Jesus still challenges us and our world in in ways that are not always the most convenient. When he teaches us to love our neighbors as ourselves and even to love our enemies, that's not always convenient. When he teaches us to be a servant of all and to put the needs of others before our own, listen, that's not always convenient. When he calls us to be poor in spirit, merciful, to be willing to mourn, to be peacemakers and so forth, that's not always convenient. And Jesus still challenges the systems and the power brokers of our world. It's no wonder that they so often push him away. He's not the most convenient, you see, for those who like power, those who are greedy or those who want the applause of men. And he still challenges those who will hear his call. For whenever and wherever Jesus steps in, he brings a calling into our lives that's not always the most convenient for us to hear or to heed. For those who follow Jesus, they will often find themselves rejected by family and friends and even the world at large. The Bible speaks about it constantly. And we may be called to go places and to do things that are not very comfortable or convenient. Maybe it means giving away some of our money. Maybe it means going to a foreign land to preach the gospel or releasing our child to go. Maybe it means taking care of someone who needs our time, our effort, our care, our energy. Oh, I don't have time for that right now. It's not convenient for me. Maybe it means taking care of those kids that God has brought into your life. I don't have time for that. It's not convenient. Jesus is not always calling us to convenience. And allowing Jesus into our lives is not always the most convenient thing that we can do. For Jesus often brings with him lots and lots of inconvenience, even revealing to us the sin that's in our hearts and our need for repentance. Let me tell you, that's not always convenient, is it? And when he returns, we've been reading about that in our Advent Bible reading. When he returns, his appearance Will not be all that convenient for a lot of people. Hmm. Interesting thought, isn't it? And yet, we must not lose sight of the fact that the benefits and the blessings of knowing Jesus, they far outweigh any and all of the difficulties, the complications. And the inconveniences that we may experience. But listen, if you don't know this yet, I want want you to know that when Jesus comes, when Jesus steps in, when we open up our lives to him, he brings with him forgiveness for sin. He brings redemption. He brings new life. He brings eternal life. He brings hope and healing. He brings a peace that passes all understanding. He, he brings a joy that cannot be explained. He brings into our lives the presence of God. He brings into our lives the work of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus comes into our lives, the Bible says we are born again. All things are made new, and we become children of the Most High God so that we can come before the throne of God and cry out, Abba, Father and know that he he hears us as we pray. Oh, come on, can someone say amen this morning? Oh, the benefits and the blessings of knowing Jesus, the benefits and blessings of allowing Jesus to step into our lives, they far outweigh any and all of the inconvenience we may experience because of him. I want to tell you this morning, knowing Jesus, following Jesus, putting your faith in Jesus is worth it all. It is worth it all. And I think of that song, that old song that we sing about the day we'll see him. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen. It will be worth it all. And so, yes, the birth of Jesus, the coming of Jesus was quite inconvenient for many people at the time. We could say it was an inconvenient Christmas. And yet, aren't you glad that Christmas came? Amen. Amen. What a blessing to know that a Savior has been born. What a blessing to know Emmanuel has come, that the Redeemer has shown up, and now all the blessings of God can be ours as His children. Listen, I just simply today, I want to encourage you, whether you're here in the building with us, or you're online, watching today, or maybe later in this week, but I want to encourage you to open up your life to Jesus, to allow Him to step into your life, to follow Him with all of your heart it may not be the easiest decision you've ever made it may create all kinds of challenges and and even inconveniences but i want you to know that if you will open up your life to jesus you will find it is well worth having jesus in your life because he will do for you what you will never be able to do for yourself he will change your life yes he may turn your life upside down but not for the worse, but for the better because he, he, will, he will create something new from the inside out as, as he brings forgiveness of sin, newness of life, and hope for eternity. Won't you let Jesus step into your life today? And church, aren't you glad that even though it was somewhat inconvenient, Christmas came. The Savior has been born. Will you bow your heads with me? With every head bowed, every eye closed, even those who are online just entering into an attitude of of prayer this morning. For those of you who have given your life to following him, won't you just open up your life to him anew? Thank him for what he's done in your life. The forgiveness, the newness of life I've spoken about, the redemption, the healing, the hope he's brought to you. And maybe you might say, like Mary said to that angel, here I am, I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. Oh, won't you pray that kind of prayer to say, Jesus, I give you my life. God, I give you my life. I am the Lord's servant. And Maybe there's someone here this morning or someone online with us that you've not yet opened your life to Jesus. I just want to encourage you today to take a step of faith. I can't promise you that the road will always be easy, but I can promise you that as you walk that road, Jesus will be with you. That God, your heavenly father, will take care of you. He'll give you the strength that you need and you will experience a peace that passes all understanding, a joy that can't be explained as you receive the newness of life and the forgiveness of sins that Jesus came into this world to bring to you. Yes, the Savior has been born. Let's pray together. And so, Father, this morning, Father, this morning we do reach out to you. And we thank you so much for the coming of Jesus. What an inconvenient thing he did as he gave up the splendors of heaven to come into this world to be our Savior. Lord, like Mary, we pray. Many of us here pray today. Lord, here I am. I'm the Lord's servant. Use my life. Take my life as I I commit myself to following you. Lord, I'm not looking for convenience. I'm not looking for comfort. I'm not not looking to fall into into the the mindset of the world around me. Lord, I'm I'm just here willing to serve you, to follow you. And to allow you to do in me and through me whatever it is you need to do. So Jesus, today, whether it's convenient or not, Jesus, I give my life to you. I commit myself to you. And Lord, I pray for someone today who's maybe never taken that step of faith, putting their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray today you would just stir their heart, that you give them the the courage and the strength maybe they need, the faith that they need, that they might experience all the grace and mercy that you intend for them to experience as you sent your son Jesus. Today, as they repent of sin, asking you to forgive them as they declare their faith in, in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, as they commit themselves to following you. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, that your Holy Spirit would come and begin to work in them from the inside out. And God, give them that newness of life. Let them know that every sin has been forgiven. Let them them sense the hope of eternity. And God, maybe the road that they'll walk ahead of them won't always be the easiest, but I pray that they would know the peace of Christ and the strength that your Holy Spirit is able to bring working, working in them. And so we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning that our Savior has been born. We thank you this morning that our Redeemer has come. We thank you today for your work in our lives because we know that the benefits and blessings of knowing Jesus are far greater than any inconvenience he might bring into our lives. And so we thank you this morning in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.